0: All right, brother, Let's turn to Luke chapter 5, Luke ch- chapter 5. We'll see this man brought to the Lord this morning and the Lord saving him. And that's, <clears throat> there's a lot of resistance in that in this world to that. Isn't it? I talked to my sister, she's a clinical psychologist. They have a new name for a mental illness where people get duped, right? They had the wool pulled over their eyes. And then afterwards, I call it the backburn effect. They want to backburn everything. I'm never getting burned again. And they just jump on any little conspiracy or nonsense. I mean, just make-believe stuff. It's insane. It's, it's, they, they've labeled it. They've given a clinical name to it now. But I thought, isn't that so with religion, too? Uh, somebody just, I know people, and, and you know people. I know people, your families, that's just had religion just, I mean, just shoved down their throats their whole lives. Not not the truth, religion. And then they grow up and they said, I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm never getting duped again. Well, now we have the truth. <laughs> Come hear the truth. Uh-uh. I get it. It ain't right. I get it. And I thought about this man. He got to where he's a paralytic. He couldn't run. He couldn't fight him off. <laughs> Didn't have enough choice. He was brought. That's what's going to have to happen. to Those ones that we love, that's just the sick of religion. They have to be brought. They have to be made paralyzed. And they have to be brought. A lot of times because of the damage we did to them, right? The Lord has to overcome us in spite of ourselves and them in spite of themselves. He has to bring them to Christ. Word had gone out that Christ had commanded these fishermen where to fish and that the nets were busting. And nobody's ever done that. Word had went out that, that Christ had went and healed a leper, a leper. That's never happened. They had that law of Moses, you got to take the turtle doves. Oh, oh, oh. I thought of that too. For Eve, the Lord said, I'm going to multiply your sorrow in childbirth. What do you think she thought? Karen, she's like, well, I don't even know. What, what's childbirth? <laughs> I ain't never had no babies. Okay, I guess it's going to be. I, I got it coming. <laughs> you really got to come. Word had went out. And he didn't just heal some leper, and that leper just took those offerings of Moses. He touched him. What? That's how you get it. He touched him. Word had went out. Fame had went abroad. And multitudes came to hear Christ. Most of them to have their illnesses healed. Most of them to get more fish in their nets. To be freed from the law or to not go to hell or to go to heaven or to get something out of it, right? Verse 17. The whole mess was there. Wide variety of folks. Luke 5, 17. And it came to pass on a certain day. This was a couple of days after, a different day, than those days the Lord had called the fishermen and those days he'd healed the leper. This is a certain day. Let me tell you a little secret. Today's a certain day. Today's a certain day. It came to pass on a certain day. As he was teaching, Mark told us he was preaching the word. That there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was to heal them. All these doctors came, and these Pharisees came, and, and people that were fishermen, and maybe some lepers, and those in need, and a whole wide variety of folks. A, a hodgepodge was there. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That's in italics. That means, well, it was there if they'd let them. No, take that out. It was going to heal them. His word, I want to have a ministry of reconciliation. I, w- I would love it if I could preach and tens of thousands of people every week. I just, I had to get surgery on my arm because I was baptizing too many folks. I would love that. But if it's given to me to be a servant and to be faithful to this word and it's a mystery of condemnation, His word, it ain't void. This ain't a labor that was for nothing. It's so. This word's going to go out, and the present, the power of the Lord was to heal them. That building was packed; you couldn't even get in the entryway. And Christ was teaching; He was preaching the word. Would I take notes? The God Man in human flesh. He doesn't just know all; He is all. He chose that day to set down, and this is his t- subject and topic. Here's a proposition. I'm going to expound it to you. <laughs> Exponentially, uh, I'm going to go through the scriptures. Experientially, this is the experience of all believers. And, and evangelical, he's going to call them to him. And he's like, here's the message I come up with this week for you. Would I pay attention to it? How would I treat it? Oh, man. Would I hang on every word? I pray I would. I pray make me. Make me hang on every word. There were some believers in that building, but there's a lot of scribes and Pharisees in that building. And they came from all those surrounding towns, all the towns from all over. And many of those scribes and Pharisees, they were not there to be healed. They didn't show up and be like, you know what, my back has been killing me. I just It shoots down this leg, or I have had this cough for two months, or, you know, I've had some real financial trouble lately, and I need some, some good biblical advice. They weren't there for that. They were there to question, to observe, to object, and to hinder the master. And he got through preaching. He said, well, you, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> he was patient and didn't kill every one of them. But the power of the Lord, at of parentheses, isn't there. The power of the Lord was to heal them, and that's what's going to happen. We'll see. How are these scribes and Pharisees going to be healed? They're about to witness the salvation of the Lord. They're going to watch his command with new eyes and a new heart. They're going to watch one of their brethren be saved. And I ain't no different than that. That's me. That's me. He brought him there. Verse eighteen. And behold, men brought in a bed which was taken. <clears throat> men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with the palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him before the Lord. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop, and they let him down through the tiling. With his couch into the midst before Jesus, and when he saw their faith, he didn't see that man's faith on the on the mat, did he? He saw their faith, and he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, They were reasoning, they were perceiving, they were mulling this over in their heads. They? Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? That's the problem. Isn't it? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, him he answered, saying unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. A rhetorical question. They didn't have to answer it out loud, but that ye may know. You're going to know. K n o w. You're going to know that the Son of Man, capital S hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. He turned his head and he looked to that man with palsy on that mat. It was lower down through the ceiling. I saith unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately, right then, he rose up before them and he took up that whereon he lay and departed into his own house, glorifying God. And they were A-double-L all amazed. All amazed. They were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear and honor and admiration, saying, we have seen strange things today. Strange things. That Greek word there, strange things, strange things is one word. It's the only place in Scripture it's it's recorded. It's paradox. Paradox. We lose, use that real loose in our day. But this, this, this ain't, that's unheard of. I ain't never seen nothing like this. And I've been I'm I'm aged and I've been around the world and I ain't never seen nothing like this. I've been steeped in multiple types of uh, uh, religion and different uh, orthodoxies. I ain't never seen nothing like this. That's strange. That's new to me. It's a paradox. Is it new to us today? I pray it will be. What was so strange? What was what was so impossible that came to pass that our minds just can't get wrapped around? A sinner was pardoned. <sighs> What? That ought to be amazing. Is that amazing to us? It ought to be. be. Now, some other things were amazing. I find amazing. It was unusual, not paradoxical, but it was unusual. They came. Natural man has every excuse not to come. I heard a guy say one time, can't come because my dog. (laughs) He was teasing me. as a faithful man, a God. <laughs> his dog was dying. And then I was joking with him. And you know what happened? He showed up and I said, well, did your dog die? He goes, no, it's at the motel. I'll probably put it down tomorrow. He came I did hear somebody say, because it's probably training a child. That's called diapers. Get out of here. But it, it's amazing. There's a cra- well, it was packed. They can't get in. It's staying in the room only and you physically can't fit through the door. That's the best excuse there is, isn't it? Well, I just I just can't do it. It's a paradox. They came anyway. Must be a need. Hmm. Must be on a mission. It was unusual they came through the roof. That's not the normal means of ingress. That's not the normal means of entry, is it? We walk through a door. <laughs> I know what that means. Would you cut and make it through the door? I'll dig a hole. There's a need. That's, that's paradoxical. They came no matter the opposition. They came because they had to. It was unusual that Christ perceived these men's thoughts. Wouldn't that be unusual? You don't even say it out loud. You just think it. Like, they said something that was true. Only God can forgive sins. And then he spoke to them on their thoughts. He sees the heart. Didn't he? It was unusual that that man was paralyzed. He came in there paralyzed and he walked home. You think of the muscle atrophy. That one fellow been on that bed 38 years. Like, if I sleep on my arm wrong for 38 minutes, I can't straighten it out real fast, <laughs> much less get up and use it all the way to the home, you know. Legs asleep. That, that That's paradox. That's a strange thing. That's new. I've never seen nothing like that. Those things are unusual, but sin was forgiven by God himself. That ought to captivate us because I have sin. That's all I am. That's me, the noun, and I need saved. I need forgiven. If we're going to marvel at the things of this world, we should marvel at the salvation of sinners. That's an awe-inspiring paradox, isn't it? This man was paralyzed. What's that symbolize? All of mankind's paralyzed in sin. We can't do nothing. He could not come to the Lord to be healed, just like we cannot. And he would not, because we will not. He could not. That's what the Lord said in John 6 No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I'll raise him up the last day. How can we be drawn? There must be a means, a conduit by which we are drawn and it's going to have to be just. That prophet, the weeping prophet wrote. (laughs) I wonder how many people said, Jeremiah, you just got to have more faith. (laughs) Probably punch him in the head. The Lord hath to appear to me unto old saying, "Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, because of that, because of my love to you, With loving kindness have I drawn thee. Do you know why that man was paralyzed his whole life? Because God loved him. Do you know why that one man for 38 years couldn't get, get up and do anything? He was given that because loving kindness, physically in the body. Loving kindness did it, to draw him to Christ. This helpless man had no strength in himself, and he was drawn to Christ. How? He was brought. We looked at the witnesses in the wagons. Has anything changed from Genesis to here? Anything changed now? We are brought. We are brought. We are brought in the providence, the Lord's providence to the feet of Christ. There's a lot of different stories. I mean, from from the wagons of old of Joseph to to the saints here. This man was brought on a mat. His friend, four of his friends, each of them grabbed a corner, picked him up, carried him, loaded him through a roof. The Lord did the first one, the Lord did that one. I know a lot of different stories of people now. That's what Henry used to say, to the young ladies there at 13th Street was the best uh, ambassadors he'd ever seen, <laughs> the best missionaries you've ever seen, all, bringing all the boys in. Some people come because they're dating a boy or a girl. Some people come because their parents command them, because they command their house, they believe God. And, and others come because a friend or a funeral or who knows what, I don't know what the means are. I'll tell you what didn't happen. They did not find the gospel and then find the preacher that happened to be preaching what they already believed. That did not happen. God doesn't save that way. They were brought in his providence, in his power, in his wisdom, in his understanding. Not the other way around. We're brought in providence. We should encourage, and believers do, believers do. We should encourage our loved ones and our friends and our neighbors to come hear of Christ. We absolutely should, if we love them. Now, now it's where the rubber's going to meet the road. People want it in shoe leather. Oh, well, I just love old so-and-so. Uh, in word, I love my children. They're going to be where the gospel is. <laughs> I don't care if they like me or not. They don't have to like it. They're going to be where I, where I command them. I have to, because I love them. I put that love in action. You know why? The Lord loved us and He put that love in action. He sent His only begotten Son. Be a propitiation, kill Him, be a bloody accepted sacrifice for us. What's my reasonable service? If I, if I value my own soul and the Lord saved me and I truly love someone else, I will rip a roof off a house to get them to where Christ is. Well, if they don't like it, they might die and go to hell for eternity. If I care for him, I'll act on it. Love does. It does. We are motivated by the love of God that first loved us. And when we see what a great and mighty Savior, willing to pardon, delights to show mercy, and not just that something that's on a piece of paper, mark that we've experienced it. When we experience it, we tell people about it. You can't keep from it. I could talk about ice makers all day long, but the Lord's going to come out because he's in all my thoughts. I have a new creation in me. I'm going to think about him at work. I'm going to think about him when I'm pumping gas. I'm going to think about him when I'm buying groceries. Because he's all. I ain't going to have homeowner's insurance next year. I can't afford it. It's, it's tripled last year. It's doubled this year. I hope y'all don't double. <laughs> um, I've been almost a full-time job. I've neglected studying this week to try to find because I got to be Mister Mom too. Uh, to try to find affordable homeowners insurance, and I mean I, I'm going to be a, an insurance expert by the end of this. Uh, I've read law. <laughs> I've done all kinds. Of, I'm good at researching. Army taught me well. If I find something, I told you yesterday. If I find a loophole, I'll tell you. If I found, like, buddy, I tell you what, we can have fire insurance for a hundred bucks. You think I'm going to tell you? You think I'd call you? Well, I'm your friend. I care for you. I'd call you, wouldn't I? I'd let you know. I'd tell you them things. I'd call everybody. I'd be handing out business cards. They wouldn't even have to put me on the payroll. I'd be, hey, call this fella. Call him. They got it. Why don't I do the same with the gospel? Why don't I, me, do the same with the gospel? I wish I could. I wish the Lord would, would give me the power to do that, and proclaim him and his work throughout this county. I wish he would. I wish, I wish he would give me employees. I wish I could make him employees come and do whatever I can. And be like, Dad, I'll put them all on the payroll. pay you eight hours to come. <laughs> give me that. I want that. I won't be a coward. Well, this man who was unable, just like me. I enter in that. You enter into that? Are you unable? I won't and I can't and everything else. However you cut it. He's going to have to do it. I just can't figure it out on my own and then find 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 the truth. He's going to have to drag me. <laughs> Paralytic to him. Well, this man was bought, brought by four. This is the work of the church. This is what, what true believers do. They were sitting there one day, these four. They might have been having breakfast together because they were family. They mingled together. They went out to eat together. And they said, you know what? The Lord's coming. Master's coming to town. And I, and, and and old Ralph over there, that poor fellow, he's paralyzed, but he, he's paralyzed in sin. He don't even know it. He thinks everything he's doing is good. He thinks handing out Bibles and singing gospel hymns and all this other junk is saving him. And he ain't. He's going to die and go to hell. But I care for him. I care for him. Just like that righteous man that regardeth the life of his beast. I was a beast. Lord saved me. I care for that beast. I like him. He's my buddy. I have friends. I make that. I tell them, say, "You want to, you want bread? You go to it. Go to where it's handed out. Don't go to France. You go to Egypt. <laughs> go to where there's corn." They're probably sitting around talking. They said the master's coming. And buddy, I tell you what, if we could just—he needs mercy. Don't even have enough sense to no, know he needs it. If we could just get him to where Christ is, he's going to be preaching. He's going to be preaching. God might save him. He ain't going to save him on his bed at the house. You get that? The Lord ain't going to funnel through uh, Zoom or uh, smoke signals to save that man. He's going to have to be where the word's preached. We're going to get him there. I care for him. And I ain't going to talk about doing it. I'm going to do it. I ain't going to try to do it. I'm going to do it. I ain't going to wish somebody else would do it. Pick up that corner. We're (laughs) going. That's four of them. That's our job. That's what we do, isn't it? If we value our souls and we love those around us in truth, not in word, we kicking, and, kicking and or screaming, I don't care, you need to come. Come church with me. Come here about a man. Come on. You're in need, you don't even know. It. That's all right. Come on. Don't, you ain't got to get no better. You ain't got he didn't have to get where he could move a pinky finger, and he didn't have to do anything else. Just come. Come. Mm. You need mercy. That's a person. You need eternal life. That's a person, and that's where we're going to take it. Like that woman with the issue, but if I can just touch him, that's God, and I'm going to touch him. Well, you're going to get stepped on. Oh, well. You're going to get kicked. People are going to make fun of you the whole way there. I don't care. I'm going to touch him. I wish they wouldn't. I wish they'd come with me. I wish they'd touch him, too. And four friends. That's a good buddy, isn't it? We'll take a roof off that place. I'll do anything I can to get you underneath the sound of the gospel because I care for your soul. You reckon that he was mad at him? He might have, he might have said, he might have looked at them forward and said, what was you thinking, telling them to come down here and get me? Who do you think you are? You mind your own business. I'll tell you what he whenever he got up and walked home, I'll tell you what he did and say, thank you, brother. <laughs> thank you. I love you. Oh, I'm thankful the Lord used you. Because he saved me. Wasn't saved before. I was dead, now I'm alive. I would say that's an especially good friend, isn't it? Wouldn't you? Solomon said, The man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. A friend that sticketh. What was Solomon talking about? Over in John 15, the Lord said, I have many things I've spoken to you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment. Let's turn and look at John 15. We're close. Just one one book over. John 15. There in verse eleven, <clears throat> John fifteen eleven. He said, "These things I've spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy, it's my joy that's remaining in you, might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as." I have loved you. We have to know his love before we know what love is. If we love someone, we're friends with them, ain't we? Verse 13 Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. What a thought that is. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I've called you friends. For all things that I've heard of my Father, I've made known unto you. Our Lord picked his friends. Sometimes we don't really get to pick friends, do they? They just kind of show up and they hang around (laughs) and won't go away. (laughs) Family, you can't pick your family. You can pick your friends. Some people say, you can pick your friends, you can't pick your family. The Lord picked his friends and he picked his family. What a motley crew he picked them from. This one anyway. He said, you've not chosen me. You wouldn't and you couldn't. But I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask of my Father in my name, he may give it to you. What fruit's that, Lord? These things I command you, that you love one another. Love's the fruit. That's what manifests. These are friends that loved this paralyzed man greatly. And they each had a corner of that dirt. Just think of what that smelled like. That mat. Especially back then, they didn't have Maytag washers. That thing stunk, didn't it? it sm- go to these big cities and just open the door up to a bus and go downtown. It smells bad. It don't smell good. It's worse then. We got it made now. He was on that bed, and he couldn't move, but it was comfortable except was his bed. And he found comfort in it. And then each one of them grabbed a corner, and they securedly carried him through all the trouble and all the trial and all the opposition to the feet of Christ. That came at a great cost, didn't it? Our salvation came at a great personal cost to Christ. He laid down his life for the sheep. And the corners of that resting place, the corners of the place we were found and that we enjoyed so much, our filthy bed of death and sin, we're on that and we're carried to our greatest friend that laid down his life. That forgives sins. We touched on this years ago, but those four corners—I thought of well, those four things needed. Isn't one thing needful, but manifesting the the one thing needful. God the Father had to choose us. That's what our Lord said there in John fifteen. Chose you. You would choose me. I chose you. The Father chose the people and put him in His Son before the world was. Another corner, Christ, the Son of Man, the Messiah. He came to the sinful earth and He bore our shame and our guilt. And our nastiness, all in filthy thoughts, and of goodness we thought was good, and he t- he bore our punishment, divine punishment, in his body on a tree. And then third, the Holy Spirit came. God, the Holy Ghost, abounded towards us while we were yet in our sins, and we, we was playing church, and he said, "You're the man. You're guilty. You're sin." that convicted us of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment. Pretty good. What will we get after that? Yon yon. Now there's one more corner, ain't there? Intercession. We're interceded for. He's on the right hand of His Father, making intercession for us forever. Good blanket to be on if He's put it, huh? What a what a thought. God's holy, high command. He saves His people completely, and the work's done. And he alone gets all the glory for it, period. Christ is mighty to forgive. The friends knew that in the body, physically. <laughs> when the Lord sees the faith of those friends, of himself, it's, I see Christ's faithfulness. No sin. Go home. That's what that's shown spiritually. But physically, this took place. Those, those four buddies that had another friend, and the Lord worked in them. And they said, he forgives sin. And my friend, he needs his sin forgiven. The unable man was brought by his friends, and they could not get through the door. And so by much effort, they got him there. You just imagine carrying somebody paralyzed up a ladder onto a roof. I want to carry, I want to carry some paralyzed people. Let's stand up and shake it out. Okay, Any nose out your mouth. <sighs> Let's wake up and get a hold of Think about it. Think about it. This guy's paralyzed. You had to get him on a roof. And then you got to take the tiles off. They tore the roof off. They ripped it all to pieces. And then you got lower it. Wouldn't you be nervous lowering him? You try a rope. T- did I tie it not good enough? Oh, I like you. <laughs> Hold on, buddy. <laughs> you need this. <laughs> I don't want to land him on his head. I'm just the physical going through it. That's hard, isn't it? There's, there's strife. There's effort that's put into it. They might have been mocked the whole way. Y'all crazy. What are you doing on that roof? You're going to fall off and get hurt? They might have had to take the long way. didn't matter. They were long-suffering for a friend. Cause they loved him and they knew the value of their own souls and the value of his soul. I thought of this too. They were late to services. Lord's already preaching, and He blessed them anyway. That does not give us an excuse to be late or show up to services in the nick of time. But in spite of themselves, He blessed it. Back to our text, they're in Luke five nineteen. Luke Luke five verse nineteen. It says, And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst of before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, those four that carried him, he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. We have faith in Christ. When we have that, our sins are forgiven. When we're unable, we find him only to be able. When we see our unworthiness, just like we did last hour, we ain't worth nothing. We see his ability to buy. He's worth all. When all around us fails, when the money fails, the horses fails, our self, our land, everything fails, his promises never fail. And I know that. That's what my friend called me. And he said, well, he said, you're my spiritual advisor. I said, oh, what a terrible thing. I wish you'd know better than that. And he said, if man's going to go to church, where ought to I go? And immediately, I had his address. I punched in the closest place I thought on a map it was, and it was like a 45 minutes away. That ain't nothing. And I said, God's got a prophet right there. He speaks to his people through an earthen vessel that ain't no different than us. And so he gets it. And he ain't going to think nothing less of you or nothing else. You go there. I don't care if there's a toll. Send the bill to me. I'll pay the toll. You get there. That's where God's going to speak to His people. Nowhere else. Go. The faith of a friend was seen, and that man was healed. Where does our healing faith come from? Christ, our substitute. He's gave us that. Lord, if you save me, you can save anybody. In our prayer, save my children, save my friends, save my spouse. Lord, save them. Him living and abiding in us, that new man is a righteous man. And James said, we confess our faults to one another. Not all the stuff we know, all the stuff we don't know. Not that we're sitting down, here's a list of things I sinned this week. No, I'm a sinner. <laughs> Tell the truth. And we pray for one another. He said, that you may be healed because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The Lord's heard me before. Maybe he'll hear me this time. I'm asking. What about you? We have his faith, not our own. That's a gift God gave faith of Christ and the father looked at the faith of Christ and he said I'm well pleased and since the elect are given the faith of Christ the father looks at those Christ represented on that cross and he says well done well done notice too Christ heals the worst infirmity first he said your sins are forgiven your sins are forgiven he saw their faith and he forgave sins what was it? Were they trying to get their buddy to quit being a paralytic? They knew. <laughs> no, that'd be nice. That'd be great. I wish you would never get sick again, buddy. Uh, but we need a heart worked on. That's the need, and the Lord did that first. His thoughts aren't, aren't our thoughts. What we? we say, well, we got to get him good in the body to get him there. <laughs> he said your sins are forgiven. That's my experience. Things in my life were not pleasant, and they're not now. But those exact things that were not pleasant is what was used to bring me, to lower me, to bring me down to the feet of Christ for him to save me. And that's good. That's good. Do you think that this man ever regretted being paralyzed his whole life? You think he regretted it? He was grateful. He was grateful. You think he regretted his friends bringing him? Like I said before, no. He's probably, Thank you, brother. Bless you. probably cursed him the whole way there and and thanked him the whole way home, didn't he? If you take mankind out of it and salvations of the Lord, some hard ground, like we looked at those grounds of the night, gets a little snarky. But the Lord's still faithful to those two. Verse 21, And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? The Pharisees spoke truth. It's in their heart. They did. They said it's true, isn't it? Who can forgive sins but God alone? That's it. Do you see that? What came out of their mouths was absolutely right. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But just because they said something that's true doesn't mean they know Christ the truth. They did not believe Christ. He's God. <laughs> that's who he is. Did they love their brethren? That's this, this great, this fellow. He ain't a sinner no more. God saved him. He has eternal life in him. He's never going to perish. This is wonderful. Did they sang like the saints in heaven when a sinner was called to repentance? No, they questioned it, didn't they? Still fighting. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, verse 22, he answered and saying unto them, Why, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee? Or to say, Rise up and walk? We do not glory in the sinner that chooses God. We glory in the God that chooses sinners. But when sin's forgiven, there's something that happens. That's so. Lord, don't save them when they go off into a monastery and hide. They don't go up in their cave up on a hill and don't come down no more. They don't. When the Spirit quickens us, that body of sin's still present, but some things change. We're still on that stinky old map. We'll see in a second. Our attitude changes. Because got a new heart in us. Our praise changes. What we used to praise and who we used to praise changes. It ain't just that preacher that used to be so wonderful. It's God that sent that preacher. Do you see the difference? And our walk in this world changes. Look at verse 24. But that ye may know to those scribes and Pharisees that question God in their hearts right there looking at God, but that ye may know, look at the mercies, that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. I'm going to show you something. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, rise. Take up thy couch and go into thy house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed into his own house, glorifying God. That man, the main illness of sin was taken care of. It was forgiven. Now, to show these scribes in attendance and these Pharisees in attendance and these lawyers and doctors to allow them to see the salvation of the Lord, that he is God. He is who he says he is. This man was physically healed. He said, you're an adulterous and a viperous generation. you seeking signs and wonders. And Thomas said, I want to see a sign. I ain't going to believe unless I touch a sign. He said, come here, buddy. Put your hand right here. That's, that's something called sonship, isn't it? These Pharisees said, who can, who can forgive sin but God? He said, hide and watch, me. Me. You're going to know it. You're going to know he's God. That main illness of sin is taken care of. Now they see him. The the, the word of God proclaimed. Christ spoke effectually in the heart of that paralyzed man, forgave his sin, and then he spoke effectually in the body of that man and made him get up to show his power and walk out of that place. Just to show who he was. To the chosen people of God, Christ will make himself known. There's that crazy off-the-wall stuff. Well, if the Lord saves somebody, elect them, they don't ever have to hear him. They don't ever have to go to a church building. They don't ever have to open a Bible and and know who Christ is. No, they're going to know. He's going to teach them. He will. And like that blind man in John 8. Somebody said one time, I said, well, uh, the Lord came to him after and said, how'd you get your sight, buddy? And uh, he didn't bow to him. He didn't know that was the Lord. Could you pick the Lord out of a lineup of 10 people? What What if your salvation was dependent on that? To know what he physically looked like. How's your hat hanging in on that day? We're going to need him. He's going to have to do it. He's going to reveal Himself and make that known. And by saying that, He's already made Himself known to us. Hasn't he? We're going to see Him face to face one day. I'm going to know what He looks like. I won't be looking at no lineup. I'll be looking at Him. <laughs> see, just Him. Christ will make Himself known to His people and draw them to Him. He will reveal Himself in that man or woman, and He's going to break their stony heart. And there's going to be a new creation in that place, and they're going to know that He's Christ and He's the Lord. He's the King. He's the Master. Not just some dude named Jesus. You watch who you're talking about. That's the master. That's the king, my king. Some may be carrying someone to church. Someone may be lowering through a roof or some might just be sitting and listening and some might be fighting and questioning every word, but God meets us where we are and he reveals our weakness and our need of him and he reveals his power in all things. And we say with Peter, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. When he speaks with power, and 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 effectually the heart of his children we're given strength to get up and walk through this world serving him and worshiping our master we do but just like this man we still carry that old bed with us that ain't changed i still got an old stinky mat that that goes right everywhere i go Old <laughs> stinky mattress and i'm dragging around till i go to the land of goshen so he calls me home but. People who know Christ, they glorify Him alone. Look here in verse 26. I'll close. And they were all amazed. That's the Pharisees and those doctors of the law. You reckon they, whenever they got, they were amazed at Christ and they just glorified Him alone. And they went outside and they was like, Hey, Ralph. He said, You call me Dr. Ralph. <laughs> I don't think so, do you? I'm President Ralph. I'm Elder so and so. No, you ain't. <laughs> You're a nobody. Me too. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and they were filled with fear for the first time. That's the beginning of wisdom. They just started getting smart. Old Bill Keith used to tell us when he was laying block. He said, now you're getting smart. This is getting smart. They were filled with fear, saying we've seen strange things. Today. I've seen something. I, I, mean, I hadn't even thought how this going to How can a man be just with God? Uh, him? <laughs> He's it, isn't he? Are you amazed at that? Are you amazed at they?" brought their friend, that they came in through a roof against all opposition, that the Lord put that in their hearts to do it, that he forgives sin. He delights to show mercy, even to them old knucklehead Pharisees and everybody else that's there, all alike. There wasn't no difference. Oh, are you you amazed that, that that we know to glory in him now? That's a gift. That's a gift, isn't it? When you're made to see the salvation of sinners as a person, and the finished work of Christ alone. That's just it's just an amazing thing. And it's a paradox. That's, I ain't never seen nothing like it. We ain't gonna see nothing like it again, are we? Greatest thing that, that we ever come across their ears. He saved sinners like me. And he's worthy of all glory and praise. We praise him too, don't we? Hey, all right, brother Mark.